Hi guys, hope you're all well. Welcome to Finding Yourself, the podcast series dedicated to movie, TV, sports and gaming. I'm your host Kyle Duffy and in this evening's episode I'll be talking true crime. I'm actually recording this episode a bit later in the day. It's around 9 o'clock at night tonight when I'm recording it. I wanted to record it earlier on but I had things get in the way doing real adult shit, you know. And like I said before in a previous podcast, you know, some of the stuff you need to do as adults, you don't know what you're in for as a kid but it's hard being adult sometimes but anyway i had a busy day today so i'm doing this a bit later than usual but it kind of fits into the whole feel of the episode because tonight i'm talking two different on two different true crime documentaries i'll be speaking about disappearance at the cecil hotel as well as the confession killer i want to get straight into it to be honest because i'm a bit short on time tonight i'm going away tomorrow to dublin i'm going to see the book of mormon and I still have to pack for tomorrow. I'm leaving very early. Me and Leanne are going up with her sister and her husband up to go see the Book of Mormon. It had been cancelled last year and we finally get to go see it this year. Very excited about it. And yeah, so I'm trying to get this podcast done. I'm leaving a bit late doing it the night before and editing it and putting it up. But I don't want to miss a day. And I think if I miss a day, I'm going to become lax. So yeah I'll, this episode might be a bit shorter than usual i normally try to aim to have my episodes between 20 and 30 minutes so hopefully i'll hit the 20 minute mark and have a meaty enough subject for you to listen to so i want to begin talking about the cecil hotel documentary it's actually called the vanishing at the cecil hotel it's currently available to view up on netflix in terms of ratings it did not do well and i want to go into that and dive into that a bit deeper in my review here it has currently 54% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 5.9 out of 10 on IMDb. There's four episodes up to watch. I just want to look, I'm looking up as I'm speaking here how long they are. I think each episode is around an hour and a bit long, so they're meaty episodes. But like I said, there wasn't a great rating online, and I want to dive into what I thought of this documentary overall. First of all, synopsis, if anyone is unaware of the lore and the legend behind the Cecil Hotel, it's located on Skid Row and it's a very it's been around for years and it's been the subject of a lot of sketchy stories. You know, there's a lot of drug use on Skid Row and a lot of homeless people, so they don't attract tourists who like would be used to that. So the people they do attract in are homeless vagrants, drug abusers, and I mentioned in one of my true crime episodes that serial killers often use the Cecil Hotel. Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker, was known for using a room in the Cecil Hotel to wash his clothes, sleep the night out, and wash the blood out of his clothes after killing his victims. So that's the kind of reputation it has in the public domain and in the public eye. This documentary focuses around the disappearance of Elisa Lam and the kind of myth around not myth but the legend and the shadiness around that disappearing and they kind of investigate how it all happened the documentary follows the cops at the time that were investigating the case the manager at the time who was managing the Cecil hotel for a number of years as well as people who had lived in the hotel there was an interview with a couple who were staying in the hotel the same lot same time as Elisa Lam and it dives deep into the history behind the hotel the first few episodes they focus on 
you know how the hotel was founded the intentions behind the hotel and what they wanted it to look like what they wanted it to be for the community and then the history behind obviously skid row becoming habitat for homeless people in america and becoming i think skid row is known as the like homeless highway for people in america and it's majority of it is populated by homeless vagrants and drug abusers who can't have nowhere else to stay really and i think the cease hotel is just right on the corner from that so they give the history behind that behind skid row and some of the people interviewed in the documentary are people who had lived on skid row for a number of years and raised enough money to kind of rent a room in the cease hotel and it kind of it just gives the background behind the hotel behind its history the people living on in the hotel what kind of people it attracted and then it dives into Lisa Lam and her stay in there and the kind of documented footage they have of her in the hotel if anyone hasn't seen the footage a couple of days before this, her disappearance Lisa Lam was caught on camera acting very bizarrely in the hotel there's a video of her in the elevator popping her head in and out of the elevator and almost it, lo it looks like almost having a conversation with someone who isn't there at the elevator and almost afraid to leave the elevator at times so there was a lot of kind of sketchiness and questions raised when she went and disappeared you know there was a search party sent out for her and you know they searched her room her belongings were there she was only staying there for a couple of days she was actually on a mission to kind of discover america she wanted to go on a road trip and kind of get out there and meet new people to be honest the documentary does a good enough job of diving into lisa lamb as a person and what her mind state was like when she arrived at the cecil hotel she was documented in the documentary as having a bit of a tough time of it she was going through some bad bouts of depression and trying to find herself i think she, i think she had bipolar as well there was some underlying mental illness that she had that she was trying to deal with and move past and i think her getting out on her own discovering america and doing something for herself was a way of her kind of owning her mental illness and trying to get past it in a way and it seemed to be working for a while they go through a lot of the blogs that she had she posts up a blog to reddit i think it was reddit anyway for a while and that seemed to be an outlet for her as well she said she decided to vent on there and found some people that she could actually talk to and talk through her stuff with so the documentary does a good job of looking through her history as a person but the big problem i have with this documentary comes in the last few episodes this documentary for me should have been an hour hour and a half long because once you get past the second episode it becomes boring and it becomes stale because you can tell that they don't have enough meat for this documentary they there wasn't a lot of conclusive evidence that came from lisa lamb's possible murder or suicide they couldn't tell you in the documentary and the cops at the time in america could not say exactly how she died if she was killed by someone in the hotel if she was on drugs and accidentally killed herself or if she committed suicide and kind of lost her bout and her lost her battle with depression in the cecil hotel 
there's no conclusive evidence that comes from this documentary there's no new evidence brought to light it's just kind of shining a light on stuff that's already been seen and i kind of i hate that in documentaries when there's no new evidence brought to light it's almost like well was this necessary to be made it doesn't seem like you are bringing any new facts to the table you're just bringing the same facts but from different perspectives i doubt people had heard perspectives before this documentary on like people who had seen the elise lamb in the hotel or people who were staying in the hotel at the same time and i don't know i just felt this documentary could have been a lot better if it was shorter you know they didn't need four episodes i felt that was stretching it a lot and the last two episodes in particular i hated because they started to focus on the the actual investigation of her death and instead of like going to the cops and interviewing the cops for, for most of it they decide to focus on a group of bloggers and internet activists who started up a campaign to try and find Elisa Lamb's killer and it was really just an hour two hours of two episodes where they focus on people who didn't know Elisa Lamb but decided to be almost internet activists and vigilantes but they weren't actually helping it just seemed like they were butting their nose into some somewhere that they shouldn't be you know so i just thought maybe you know if they focused on the cops in the two last episodes and they kind of looked at all the angles that the cops took in terms of tackling this case that would have been more entertaining or even if they focused more on you know the residents and what they saw but they focus in on this vigilante group on facebook or something like that and you don't like anyone in this group because they all they all just take on this persona of like oh i'm helping and like oh i know what i'm doing i know what i'm saying and none of them have backgrounds in investigative journalism none of them have backgrounds in investigation at all none of them are ex-cops they don't they're just people who in my opinion had nothing better to do than to throw themselves into this one guy was an accountant and they come from the aspect of like oh we felt like we knew her we all read over her blogs and we read her posts on reddit and we just felt connected to her as a person and that's fine you know if you feel connected to someone as a person and you want to do something to help maybe reach out to the family and say oh i'm so sorry i you know i read the case i read up about the case and it's just a terrible thing that happened to your daughter you know that's something you can do to help to offer some closure and condolences to families but to actually try and solve a mystery like you're not going to solve it like that like if the cops aren't able to solve aren't able to solve it and if there's no concrete evidence then you're just kind of circling the drain and that must be bad for your mental health as well i think i'm rambling at this stage now but the bottom line is i just felt this series as a whole could have been so much better i would say to you if you're interested in true crime and kind of the mystery of the cecil hotel if you've heard of it and you've watched youtube videos on it and like the stuff that's happened there even if you've heard of lisa lamb's disappearance in the cecil hotel give it a watch just for your own benefit to see if you like it and to draw your own conclusions from it for me to be honest i wouldn't watch it again i had to sit down on three different occasions to get through it and i remember i was watching it along i was doing a kind of watch along with my friend 
he's living over in London and every night after each episode we would kind of talk it out and conclusively when we talked out the full scope of the documentary and everything we saw we both came to the same conclusion that the vigilante group were a bit up their own holes they were over the top and kind of like so desperate to insert to almost insert themselves in this crime scene investigation type of fantasy but in reality they weren't contributing anything to helping the cops find anything new or helping the family find any closure you know that poor girl died she like might have been killed she might have been put in that water tank or she might have gone in under the influence or she might have had a psychotic break we don't know but this whole dynamic or not dynamic but this whole aspect that the documentary focused on in terms of the vigilante group it was just a waste of time in my opinion and the documentary suffers because because of it again if you've seen this documentary let me know your opinions i think in terms of a true crime documentary it was a waste especially having it be four episodes it just drags it out and it makes it look weak as a documentary they could have like edited those four episodes together into an hour and a half and made it a somewhat decent documentary but like i said the ratings online are pretty bad 5 uh, 5.9 out of 10 on imdb and for not 45 percent but 54 percent on ron tomatoes and me personally i watched started watching it with leanne and after a while i got very bored and she got she got bored of it too she was like i don't want to watch the rest of this you can watch it by yourself and i was like sound and even by myself i couldn't finish it properly and if it wasn't for me watching it along with my friend over in london and talking about it with him i wouldn't have finished it because it's just not entertaining after episode two because they just run out of stuff to talk about in episode three i think it's like an hour and a half long and like 40 minutes of it is going through the history of the hotel that will tell you how short on material they were to be honest if you're going to go through the history of the season hotel do it in episode one but they don't at least i think i don't I, at least i think they don't anyway but i might be wrong but again let me know your thoughts on this documentary did you love it did you hate it let me know up on anchor fm you can always leave me a message up there let me know your thoughts on the documentary itself i was in crc today i was doing my segment i do my segments on tuesdays and thursdays and the reason i bring it up is i was talking about wild wild country a documentary that i've talked about on this podcast before i was reviewing it on there it currently has 98 percent on rotten tomatoes and it's based around a cult that moved from india to america and i think they based themselves in oregon but it's about them settling in a town and becoming in a conflict like starting a conflict with the people who already live there but the reason i bring it up is it's not related to CISO Hotel at all, but I wanted to compare it because that currently is 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. There's six episodes in it and they're all an hour and a half long each. They use every episode to fill it up with meaty subjects and meaty material and they have enough material to fill those episodes. Compared to CISO Hotel, which should have been an hour and a half long at best, right, right the way through there's one episode or just one documentary, but they drag it out and... I hope that it doesn't become a theme and a common occurrence on Netflix where instead of doing just like an hour and a half long documentary, they split these doc- documentary series up into like a couple episodes and 
have mediocre shit episodes in between. It's just so disappointing, like, because you have to drag yourself through it, and it's not enjoyable to watch. It kind of ruins the whole thing. So I just hope that that's not a common occurrence that's going to happen for Netflix documentaries going forward in terms of true crime. As well as that, on CRC today, I was talking about how cult documentaries and true crime documentaries in particular have become so popularized. You know, people love to watch stuff about serial killers. And in the show today, I was asked by the presenter, he asked me, why do you think that these have kind of gotten their 15 minutes of fame and are still in the limelight in terms of popular culture? And to be honest, now you can disagree me disagree with me on this, but let me know your opinion. Obviously, I want to know your opinion. I think it has to do with human psychology. When we watch true crime documentaries, we subconsciously want to know what happens to that person to make them that way. Why do they feel they have to kill? Like, And also, there's human psychology. We love to know what makes our brains tick and other people, what makes them tick, their behavior, why they act that way, what contributing factors happens in a person's life to make them grow up to be a serial killer or a psychopath. Or, you know, a terrorist or whatever. So, I think it has to do with human psychology and us as an audience, we love to know what makes a brain tick. That's why we like watching FBI shows, because they hunt people down who are abnormal in that way, who don't have empathy, who don't see people as people, and don't can't really tie the two together, you know, that kind of way. But I also think as well, were desensitized as a culture i just bring up i'll just bring up the fact that you know in movies horror movies the gore level has to step up every year or so because we're so desensitized to violence we see shootings every day on tv and to be honest what happens in real life as well between you know over in america school shootings and all that kind of stuff we're desensitized to violence so of course we're going to want something to light up our brains and make us entertained other than you know gratuitous violence which we're used to we're used to that we want something different we want to know why a serial killer is a serial killer we want to know all these different things so i think that's why these true crime documentaries are so popular in culture right now again i'd love to know your opinion on this let me know what you think of true crime documentaries serial killer documentaries do you watch them do you love them do you hate them and let me know up on anchor fm Overall, I think Vanishing at the Cecil Hotel was a letdown. If you're into the Cecil Hotel and you have heard the folklore but you don't know much about the case, give it a look. It does explore the case and Lisa Lamb's life a bit. But again, like I said, it doesn't offer up any new information. It just gives you a different aspect to the same story we've heard in the past. So for that reason, I wouldn't recommend that you go and watch this immediately. If you have a couple hours one night and you have that night free and you think, oh man, I've watched all my good shows, I'm not in the mood to watch anything too engaging, I have a couple hours to kill, throw it on, see what you think. Let me know if you've seen this documentary and if you disagree with me and you think it's a great documentary, let me know and I'd love to know your reasons behind it. I personally find it, found it boring at some stage. But again, that's my own personal opinion. I'd love to know your opinion up on Anchor FM. I want to get into the next documentary now. 
it's called the confession killer there's one season up on netflix it's a documentary series and it currently has a hundred percent around tomatoes uh, 7.4 out of 10 on imdb and this was released in 2019 so for that documentary to maintain 100 percent around tomatoes is very impressive it follows henry d lucas a man that's arrested for multiple murders that he willingly confesses to without any pressure from the police and you follow this man and his confessions to all these murders you follow the arresting officers who keep him in jail and he's kept in jail for years at first he confesses to one murder and that case is closed but through the years you see that this man isn't who we think he is he doesn't present as a man who is just a cold-blooded killer and wants people to know he has a body count and wants the world to know how much of a big serial killer he was he actually comes across as a man that is very socially inept maybe a bit mentally deficient maybe has a brain injury he comes across like a man who has a brain injury at times and he seems like a man that's been taken advantage of initially when you start the documentary you hate him because he seems like a piece of shit and he just seems like another serial killer who wants to just let the world know how many people he's killed and he's bragging about it but as the episodes progress by the way this is very similar to Cecil Hotel in structure there's five episodes and each episode is about an hour and a bit long but through the episodes like I mentioned you learn that okay he's not confessing to the murders with any emotion there's no guilt there's no empathy there's no sadness there's no happiness either there's no he's not relishing doing anything it's almost like a monotone expression he's just yeah i killed her or what you do with the body oh i buried it out here yeah and at the start of the documentary there's times where they bring him out to where he says he buried the body and they find the body and you think okay he's definitely killed these people because he's able to pinpoint where they are but as the documentary progresses you think no man there's something off here he seems a bit out of it he doesn't seem with it he doesn't seem that smart to be able to kill multiple people and get away with it for this long and confess to it at his leisure you know so when i was watching with leanne i was thinking okay there's something off with the relationship between henry D. lucas and his arresting officer his arresting officer talks to him like a brother almost sometimes and says to him come on henry come on you know like it's in a almost loving way and a nurturing way and you learn through the documentary that the arresting officer has actually been coaxing him and leading him in the interviews this seems to be a problem and like a a, a reoccurrence in a lot of the true crime documentaries that we watch nowadays when cops get desperate they often lead their suspects in interrogations to make sure they get someone for the murder and you could understand i talked i talked similarly about this on a different documentary i mentioned watching the ripper and how the cops and the the guards at the time uh, in london they wanted to get their man and they were trying anything and everything and that meant bending the law a bit as well but in this documentary you see that the sheriff is just making sure that henry lucas confesses to all the crimes that he wants and he is not just happy with henry lee lucas confessing to one or two he 
mentors Henry to confess to all of these murders and you can see that Henry doesn't understand the concept of what he's doing you can see that he doesn't understand how incriminating he, he is making himself look and at some stage you actually feel sorry for him because you can see that he mightn't have killed anyone at all he might have confessed to that first murder and said listen and been told listen if you confess to this one i'll get you a good spot in prison and he might have been manipulated into thinking that he did do it i think when i watched it back i remember thinking okay he definitely killed this first person but all the rest of them are bullshit let me know if you watched the confession killer let me know what you thought of it if you have watched it and if you haven't watched it give it a watch like i said it has 100 percent run tomatoes it's still up on netflix to view there's six episodes give it a watch if you haven't already i think it's a very interesting documentary in my opinion and i just want to put my own theory out there of what i think happened i think that henry lucas probably did murder someone the first murder he confesses to was probably real and he probably knows exactly where he buried the body and i think that in that first interview the sheriff can spot that this guy isn't with it and he's a vulnerable person that i can use to pin all these cold cases that i can't solve on him that's the way he comes across in the, the documentary anyway that's the way the sheriff comes across and i think the sheriff uses henry lee lucas a vulnerable man killer but still a vulnerable man who i don't think is a serial killer he uses him to pin all these crimes on and all these murders on to make his career because this documentary spans over a couple of years and over the couple of years you can see the effect this has on the sheriff's career he's touted as one of the best out there because of what he's been able to do and get out of henry lee lucas as a murderer so everything was in it for this guy to gain the sheriff to gain stuff out of henry lee lucas confessing it, it was all in it for him and to be honest the way henry confesses to the murders it's so almost rehearsed and they go over the interviews again in the footage and you can see parts where henry's being led and being like oh no no you didn't do that henry you did this oh yeah yeah i did that like plain and simple he was being led in the interviews that's my whole theory that he did kill a person the first murder he confessed to was probably real but the rest were bullshit let me know your opinion up on anchor fam i'd love to know your thoughts on this documentary there are a couple other documentaries that i want to watch up on netflix one of them being the 24 faces of billy madigan i think that's what it's called i think that's the name let me know if you've seen this documentary it's basically one of the first cases to hit the u.s where a person with schizophrenia is claiming that they're not responsible for the murder and it was one of their personalities as this was a very hot button issue during the time because there wasn't a lot known about schizophrenia it was seen to be a bit of a hoax or whatever and people during that time thought no he was making it up and it was a plead for insanity that kind of way but let me know if you've seen this documentary let me know what you're watching at the moment this is where i'm going to end today's episode i really love talking true crime with you i hope you enjoy these episodes and if you do let me know up on anchor fm again you can always find my podcast find yourself up on anchor fm and spotify i also have a youtube channel the finding yourself podcast where i upload highlights from each episode this has been Finding Yourself with Kyle Duffy. Thanks for listening.